Hello, and welcome to the Dear Mind You Matter podcast. My name is Allison Walsh. I'm a longtime mental health advocate and vice president at Advanced Recovery Systems. On each episode, I will be joined by my colleague and clinical expert, Dr. Angela Phillips. This show, along with our mental health and wellness app, Nobu, are just some of the ways we're working to provide you with actionable tips and tools to take really good care of yourself each and every day. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite note-taking device. It's time to fill your mind with things that matter. Sensei Dave is a foster care alumni that grew up as a product of a broken family in and out of youth correctional facilities, foster homes, and group homes, all while dealing with the death of his only parent when he was 13 years old. After overcoming all of these obstacles in life and defying his destiny, he decided that serving humanity was important by dedicating 20 years towards helping people better their lives and their relationships with their children or the children they work with. After Sensei Dave retired from 24 years of active duty military service in the U.S. Air Force, he decided to open Unlimited Potential Network Academy Coaching to publish his amazing motivational autobiography to inspire caring adults working with children and start a program called The Speaker's Meetup for aspiring speakers to find and refine their inner voice for the world. Please welcome Sensei Dave. Okay. Well, Sensei Dave, we are so excited to have you on our show today. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? I am super excited to be here with both of you amazing ladies that are doing amazing things in this world. So uh, about me, uh, I, I am just a guy with a big smile and a big heart. I, I grew up in foster care and juvenile detention centers. I was just sharing on, a, on another uh, Zoom call that I was arrested when I was 11 years old for armed robbery and fell in the arm arm robbery. My mom died when I was 12. And, and so there was a lot of in between that we'll get into, but now I'm retired in, in beautiful Greece with this amazing life. And I just, I love to share how I got here, not just, not just in a motivational, inspirational sense, but in a tangible, how can you also do the things in your lives to get to where you want to be, wherever that is. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or mental health issues, we encourage you to reach out to us today. Advanced Recovery Systems is a leading behavioral health care company with locations across this country. Don't hesitate. Call us today at 855-409-1753. That's 855 855- Four zero nine one seven five three. Help is just a phone call away. And I know everybody wants to hear more about that. And you have such a great story and there's so much we can dig into here. So I'm going to jump in because I know there are certain things that you really tend to, you know, hit the nail on the head with others that we've heard about and, and just kind of seeing other engagements speaking that you've done. Um, Give our listeners somewhat of a sense of what sort of aspect goals have as being a, a, such a big part of managing our, our mental and behavioral health. So why is that such a thing, <laughs> right? Like we set goals, we check them off our list. It sort of feels to some people like this thing that hangs over us, but really tell us how they impact us, why they're important and how they kind of feed into, you know, our motivation, our self-efficacy. Just give mm. us a bit more on that and, and how that has applied to you as well. Oh, I love it. So I was having a conversation with a client of mine the other day 
And this particular person tends to set huge, amazing goals. And he actually studies this this self-development world, right? He is so like into it. Tony Robbins, uh, I mean, he can recite things like all the, he has all of this knowledge, right? And he has these goals. He'll come to me and say, Dave, look, I wanted, I want to get this into this. Like, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Hey, you know what I started doing? I started doing cold showers. You know, I'm loving it. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I love it. Oh, you know what? I'm starting to do this. I'm, I'm journaling now. Okay. Okay. Those are, those are great things. And, and then nothing. And I go, how are you doing with this goal? Well, you know, and I go, no, I don't know. Tell me, tell me, you know, how are you doing with it? What's, what's up with it? Oh, <clears throat> I don't know. You know, I don't feel like I can really do that. You know, it's not, it's not that, and I'm quoting him. And he said, it's not that I, I don't feel like I can do it. I just don't feel like I can get there. Well, yeah, there's a road to anything that we want to do in life, right? No matter what it is, there's a road. The road may be long, the road may be short, but there's a road. And so when we talk about self-efficacy and we talk about goal setting and we talk about self-confidence, what I see is a lot of people don't realize that they have to set these small, tangible goals and build to their big goal. So it's, it's a road. Like I said, it's a road and we all want the end of the road. And, and I don't want to be like every other motivational speaker and say, you know, keep your eye on the prize and da, da, da. But the truth is when we have these big life impacting, amazing goals, whatever it is, a million bucks in the bank, a million people that you've influenced and impacted in a positive way. That's my goal. Whatever your goal is, um, <clears throat> when you start looking at that big goal and you're fixated on it, and then you go back to where you're at, and then you look at that big goal, and then you go back to where you're at, you can't help but to go, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Not me. I don't, why, you know, how in the, in the world am I going to get there? How in the world am I going to impact 1 million people? How in the world am I going to have a million dollars in the bank? So what I shared with this particular client is I said, he had a, a financial goal and I don't do financial planning or, or goal setting for anyone. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to make enough money to save and disciplined relatively enough to save and then retire and all of this stuff. But I said to him, I said, your goal is to, to save or be a millionaire is, is what his, his actual goal was. I want to I be a millionaire. And I go, okay, that's a great goal. Um, but are you, are you a hundred nair? You know, do you have a hundred euro in the bank? Do you have a thousand euro in the bank? Do you have 2000? Do you have 10,000? And so to wrap that particular point up, when we go, all right, here's my big, you know, lofty goal. I want a million bucks. We need to go, okay, that's it. That's up top. Now, what does it take to get there? Well, it takes me being a little more disciplined. How do I become a little more disciplined? Well, I can save a hundred bucks every month. Done. And after three months, four months, what happens is you release some dopamine in your, in your brain and you go, 
wow, I was able to save a thousand bucks over the last 10 months. And what that does is it gives you the self-efficacy. So self-efficacy is I am able to, what you believe you are able to do. And so it gives you that tangible self-efficacy because you've done it. And then you go, well, if I save a thousand, I could save 10,000 or I could save 5,000. And then before you know it, when you get to that point, right, you're traveling through that road, you get to the point where now you have, you know, a hundred thousand in the bank that you've saved up over the last five, 10 years, you can say, I, I am going to be a millionaire. And that's not, that's not so like lofty. That's not this like long goal because you've built and built and built and you've given yourself a pat on the back on the, uh, along the way in that journey. And you've said, yeah, you know what? I can do this and I've done this and I can do this and I've done this and it just perpetuates on itself. And th this is just the truth about anything, anything in life. It could be, like I said, a small road or a big road, but boy, when we start learning how to do that, right? And not this, this, you know, BS, oh, I feel good, pat on my back because I woke up this morning and took a shower. I don't want you to, I don't want you to feel good about doing something normal. I want you to feel good about doing something that's on the road to your goal, right? Now, look, if you don't, I'm sorry. I could oh, just go on and on. No, and on. no, it's fine. It makes a big difference though, because, you know, I, I love goals. So like I could stay and play here all afternoon because this is like my favorite topic, but you know, when it comes to, of course you were using financial goals as an example, you know, we talk a lot about like our mental and emotional well-being and wellness and like you're absolutely right. Some people will go to the extreme, right. Thinking that that's really what they're striving for when really, if you can back it up into micro goals, you can break it down into daily steps, those steps, right? Like every day that you consciously make a step towards that goal, you're building your stamina, right? Like you're building your confidence, you're building your resilience, you're learning more about yourself because it is a, you know, it's as much about the journey and what you learn about yourself in the process of accomplishing the goal as it is when you get to that end goal. And then you got to reset and do it again. So I am curious, have you seen this be really effective when it comes to mental wellness, behavioral wellness, mental health? Talk to us about goals in that context too. Absolutely. So here's the truth with our vast amount of access to knowledge out there, good and bad, but, but I'll, I'll use good knowledge, right? Um, we, I don't want to say all, but a lot of us have the ability to find something that will work for our, our mental well-being, be it journaling. How do I form a habit to start journaling? Because journaling makes me feel good. How do I form a habit to wake up? What I do, my routine every single day, I, I get up, I do not take cold showers. I don't like them. It didn't work for me. I tried it. I didn't like it. It didn't do anything for me. I stopped doing it. Okay, done. What I do do, I meditate every morning for 10 minutes. I do breathing exercises for five minutes. I stretch for another 10 minutes or so, maybe a little longer. And, and I do this every morning because I really enjoy it. And I found that it works for me. There is no one way to make yourself happy. 
there just isn't. There's a bunch of things that you can try that are out there. You go, you can go to you guys' app, you know, Nobu, and and have these reminders and do these exercises and and see what works and what doesn't. And when it works, you just you 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 tenfold that, you 10x it, you go, okay, I I like it, and then you got to make it a habit. How do we make these habits? Well, you know. Uh, some of it's just discipline, just raw discipline. Like I will do this and whatever it takes. You know, I have some clients that say <clears throat> um, positive self-talk works for them. It doesn't work for me. I don't like it, but if it works for you, great. I am this type of person. I am a person that does yoga in the morning. I am a person that that goes to the gym. I put my shoes in front of the door because I want to start running. That doesn't work for me, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work for you. If you're trying to increase your fitness and your health, because we know fitness is directly tied to our mental health 100%, right? And so the better physical condition you are in, the, the more likely you will be happy and healthy and productive and do the things uh, in, in your life that you want to do, that you deserve to do, right? And, and we understand, we know that, you know, we don't need to, to, to lie to ourselves and, and say otherwise. So the point is, there's a ton of information out there. There's a ton of ways to do dot, 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 to increase your fitness, to help your mental health, to uh, be a happier person, to work on your aggression. And it, it takes you, the listener, to say, it's time. It's time. I'm, I don't want to be the guy that's running people off the road anymore when they cut me off, because the last time that happened, I ended up in jail or wrecking my car. I don't want to do this anymore. It's time. And then seek and then try and then see what works and what doesn't work. And when it works, you 10 exit, you make it a part of who you are, your life, your daily routine. And it's there's some grit to it at the beginning. And the grit part is to make it a habit. That's grit. Like there's some tricks to making things a habit. But the, the, when it comes down to it, it's it's going to just take you going this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to yoga class. I don't care what else is going on. At four o'clock, I leave my house and I'm at yoga at 4.30 because it's good for you. ARS University is the perfect go-to resource for anyone looking to learn more about mental health, addiction, and other related topics. The On Demand Library offers a wealth of engaging and informative content that can help you gain a deeper understanding of these complex subjects. With ARS University, you'll have everything you need to empower yourself with knowledge and support. To learn more, go to www.arsuniversity.com. No, that brings up so much for me as I'm thinking about this too, because we talk a lot about, you know, when working with people who struggle with, you know, depression or what have you, just, you know, name it essentially behavioral activation or just getting to that point where you can get up, get moving, get going is a huge barrier, right? But we know that that's really the momentum that gets people to that next step. And it's so huge. But in that process, and when we're really looking at, you know, creating 
you know, whether it's more resilience or more, you know, tools in our toolbox, we know that different aspects specifically, and I know you've spoken about this before, uh, in relation to really creating more resilience that will then get us to that next step, that there are so many components. And one of those things I want to just pivot to is having people around us that we can look to that, you know, give us that example of maybe where we want to be or who we want to emulate. And it's really about that level of, you know, even mentorship. If somebody takes us under their wing or, you know, even unbeknownst to us or them, we see them as we're, you know, a child growing, whether it's, you know, someone that we, we, we trust as a family friend, or we just know, you know, through another source. Um, So, you know, you have this new book out. newish book. (laughs) And I know that you speak to a lot of your personal experience. So can you tell us more about how those relationships have impacted you and how this has influenced your path and just really that level of importance? I don't feel like we touch on that a lot. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a great point, Angela. So I'm going to, I'm going to go to the opposite end of that spectrum first. I'm going to say before one seeks a mentor or to be around people that they would like to emulate or uh, positive influences in their lives, they need to they need to recognize the negative influences in their lives. Wow. I, I want to say that one more time. If someone is bad for you, get them out of your life. And I know that's pretty harsh. Yet that's the reality. I'll, I'll share a quick story. I used to teach a free women's self-defense class. So I owned martial arts schools in the States before I retired to Greece. And one of the things that I'd love to do is, is teach people how to defend themselves, truly defend themselves. And I started teaching for an organization called Tessa, and they worked with women that were being battered by their spouses. And these women were amazing, beautiful uh, souls that would come into my martial arts school and I would teach them how to defend themselves and how to look out for different scenarios and situations. <clears throat> Yet what I saw time and time again, and we, you know, from a psychology standpoint, we understand why, but I would see from time and time again, they would go back to their abusers. We go back to what we're familiar with, what we're comfortable with. We biologically, uh, physiologically, uh, through evo- you know through evolution and you know primitively, we want to be comfortable. Our our minds want complacency and to be in a comfortable space. And what you don't know is uncomfortable, and so that's why so many people don't don't seek what they don't know. They don't, they don't put themselves in situations where they're um, totally foreign to something. And it's like, Oh my goodness, I got to figure out the language and how to do this or that. And, you know, and so of course there's in, in this case, more tangible things with these ladies, because a lot of times they don't have the financial means to leave their abusers. But the point is we do like to be comfortable and the way I'll tie this back is 
what we'll see is a lot of people want to succeed in their lives. They want to be happier. They want to be in a better place, yet they keep the negative influences in their lives and they can't for the life of them figure out why they keep the negative things in their life you know, or people in their lives. And, and, and I, it doesn't necessarily have to be people. It could be things too, right? It, so you keep yourself surrounded by stuff that is not part of that path that you want to be on to be a better person or to have better mental health or to be in a, a more safe mentally and physically place, right? So cutting off our negative or limiting if we have to our, our negatives in our environment is just as important as looking at what we can do to surround ourselves with the positives and, and the people that we need to surround ourselves with. Yeah, we talk all the time about people, places, and things, right? The triggers, the things that keep pulling us back into the negative behaviors or the things we know we shouldn't be doing, but we continue to do. And, you know, for so many people, it means you have to start over and that can be hard and it can be scary, but it is 1000% worth it. And I guarantee when you get to the other side and you've done the work and you've got great people around you and you're in a healthy environment and you're doing the things that you need to do to honor yourself first and your own wellness mentally and physically, you're going to look back and just be so grateful for those really hard first few steps. Right. And yeah. it's, it makes all the difference, but now I want to pivot because I love a good speaking competition. Uh, and I heard through the grapevine that you just won one and I would love to hear more about this. Like, so how did you win? Because there were 14 countries represented in this competition, uh -huh. like 200 people. What did you talk about? I'm fascinated. <laughs> Give us all the details. Allison. Yeah. So, you know, I've been, I've been a public speaker for a while. And then, you know, I, I retired about five years ago, moved to Greece and said, I did it. I've done some amazing things for some amazing people. I've contributed to the world and uh, I worked to the point where I can retire. I'm going to retire and I'm going to see it sip mojitos on the beaches of Greece but for two years, for, for two years, I did this. And then after I said, man, um, this is not really, this is not me. I, I want to have an impact in the world, continue to help people, continue to inspire people and, and um, really make a difference in people's lives. So I came out of retirement built unlimited potential network academy which you know we teach a bunch of life coaching stuff and you know we try to uh, just help people but besides that i doubled down on my speaking ability and you know put myself out there and you know try to get some more speaking gigs joined toastmasters to just try to have that collaboration and you know although i i didn't need the training per se in speaking uh i i really enjoyed the environment so <clears throat> I decided to compete in this, this uh, competition for Toastmasters, and uh, it's, been a, it's been amazing. I keep winning and winning and winning, and uh, boy, talk about self-efficacy, right? Oh, <laughs> and confidence. And, and no, I didn't have a lack of confidence at all, probably too much confidence most of the time. But uh, I started winning the competitions. And what I'm what I'm sharing with people, the story and the inspiration is 
um, that we can take our past and make our past serve us. And the title of this speech that has been winning is, is your past serving you or starving you? And it's all about taking the negative things that we will experience. I don't care who you are. You can be born into a, a very affluent family, rich and have everything. You're still going to experience life, or you can be born in, into an environment that is extremely difficult and a war-torn country, and you're going to really experience life. But no matter who you are, you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have difficulties, you're going to have losses, you're going to have breakups, you're going to have, uh, you know, grandparents and parents pass away, these things will happen to us, I don't care who you are. And we, we can choose to let those experiences define us. Or we can let those experiences help us move on to better places in our lives. And that's what the speech is, is all about. And it's, it's been resonating with I get messages all the time with uh, you know, from people that it just has impacted. And, and I love, I just love it. I, I love, that's my reward is, is knowing that uh, someone has overcome something. I, I, I recently received a message from someone that said, my mom died last year and I've been holding on to that until I heard your speech. And wow, I, I realized that I can, I can let it go and I can move on and, use this experience to better myself and others. So yeah, I'm lucky. <laughs> Sounds like an amazing speech. And it also makes me think about uh, guilty. I haven't read the complete book yet, but <laughs> what I know of it. And so what I'm, <clears throat> what I'm thinking too is, you know, give us a synopsis of what someone would be looking at if, you know, sort of pursuing, looking into your book more, who is this for? What, you know, is similar to your speech, which has clearly touched so many people. And to the point where they're reaching out to you, they're sharing more, which I can only imagine how amazing that is. Um, who's the book for? You know, the books for anyone that reads, and, and even if you don't read, buy it and get, get somebody to read it to you. Um, look, I wrote the book. It's an autobiography. I share a lot of the, the tragedies and, and the perseverance as well as the, the bright side of life, or at least my life in the book. And I pour it all out. And so a lot of times people that are working with caring, I call them caring adults, People that are working with at-risk youth, kids that grew up like I did. I grew up, uh, you know, in the hood. My mom was a drunk. She passed away when I was 12 years old. My dad used to beat me and my mom. Um, my first arrest was when I was 11 years old for armed robbery. I used to do all kinds of stuff. And unfortunately, most of the people that I grew up with are either dead or in jail. As cliche as that sounds, that's just the truth. And I write my foster brother who's in pri prison, my two foster brothers who's, who's in prison, one for life, and the other one got 26 years. And I write them every month. And I don't want that for people. And, and I think that anyone that picks up this book and says and reads it will say, you know what, I can do great things in my life. It, it, it'll it'll at least give them some sort of tangible reason to go, I can 
Like if this guy did, I can. And, and if, if you're in a good place, then I would offer up your services to help others. And this book will inspire you to not just help at-risk youth, but seek to give because we, we are all connected and we, we can be so much more connected. And when we're in good places, we can do amazing things for people that we don't know. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. I love it. Your message is so important and impactful and motivating. And <laughs> I am really grateful that we had the chance to spend some time with you, but we do not let any of our guests leave our show without answering a very important question for us. So Sensei Dave, at this point in your life, what matters most to you right now? Impacting others. I wake up in the morning and say, how can I leave a positive impression? How can I help someone? How can I do something to make someone realize that they have some amazing abilities and beauty inside them that they can unleash? Unfortunately, I can't do it for you. I wish I could do it for everyone. I wish I could do the, the hard work for everyone, but that initial step that's, that's incumbent uh, upon everyone that's hearing this podcast. But I guarantee you, once you make that initial step, everything will get easier. It just takes you showing up for yourself. And, and that's, that's what I, I want to do is I really did have, do have a, a goal, and that's to positively impact 1 million people in 2022. And every day I, I get to wake up, with this amazing life today, because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And, and I am okay with not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow because I have today. And when I wake up and I'm healthy and, and of sound mind, I get to figure out ways of positively impacting 1 million people. Such a great goal. And I'm so glad there are people like you in the world that can share you know, personal experiences and have the, you know, privilege and ability to be able to put that in a book, right. And share that with people, but then be able to, to touch so many lives and really impact people to that, that degree. Um, and hopefully, you know, create that spark that you've seen to get them on, on a similar path or whatever direction it is that they want to go. So, so amazing. And it was so great to have you with us today, Dave. Can you share with our listeners how they can follow you either on social media or wherever they can find you? Yes. So uh, on Instagram, it's Dave in Greece. It's easy to remember. Sensei Dave Armstrong. If you Google me, the book, that's the book. Why me? My fight for life. It's on Amazon. Uh, you can Google it and find it on, on, on the book's website. So please, and, and email me if you want, info at upna.net. I just love to engage with people. And, and if I can help someone, then great. Uh, and if you know of somebody that I could help or be of service in any way, let me know that too. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing time with us today. And we will talk to you very soon. Thank you very much, ladies. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not already subscribed, we hope you join us regularly and please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts if you enjoyed the show. We hope that this podcast is beneficial to you and your wellness journey. 
Dear Mind, You Matter is brought to you by Nobu, a new mental health and wellness app. You can download it today using the link in our show notes. We will talk to you next time. And until then, remember you and your mind matter.